from the MZ Studios Dallas Virtual Studios in Cyberspace. This is Deconstructing Dallas. Greetings everyone. This is your host Ryan Trimble. Joined once again by a man who, like me, has two ears and one mouth. He, of course, Sean P. Williams. Sean, good day, sir. Good day, Ryan. It is good to join you again for our podcast, but it's good to join you for our new series. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad that people are listening because on our social media platforms, we've gotten some uh, some really good feedback and folks who even from our first episode with Father Josh um, have, have told us they're listening and, and want us to keep continuing with this. So now um, I appreciate it. Well, Sean, I, uh, you know, I, I am one who likes to bring a smile to people's faces, as you know. Uh, like, Of course. I, and I know. And you bring a smile to my face. Well, thank you. Well, this story will absolutely bring a smile to your face and, and uh, you will laugh. So on our, on our first installment of, of this uh, special series, I, I proclaimed that I pledged even that I was going to do a lot more listening. And uh, the night before we recorded, I'd, I'd been reading and trying to, you know, learn as much as I can and seek out uh, some voices that, you know, I thought um, would help me explain my feelings maybe. I don't know. But I found two articles that I thought I liked. And so uh, I'd mentioned it to Sean before we were recording. And so I thought it would be prudent to send those to Sean and Sean was going to toss me a bouquet back my direction and say, yes, this is a guy who gets it. This guy, I'm just so glad that he, he listens and understands everything about the situation. Um, Sean was quick to write back with some, some thoughtful critiques, some positive, some not, uh, some that he disagreed with. And I was, I was, it's kind of surprised, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm glad now because I realized that, uh, like a lot of people's probably grandparents or mom and dad once told them, you have two ears and only one mouth. So now, cyberspace, I am really pledging to listen, and uh, I will close my mouth and listen to you, Sean. So thank you for the opportunity again to be a part well, of the series. I think there's a, a a couple of things there. Like the first thing is when you sent the articles, it was Tuesday and we were still like way in the middle. It was still yeah. really hot. And like there were a lot of people that got that kind of response to emails and to tweets and Facebook messages, you know. And so I think probably that because, you know, I went back and looked at, at it and, you know, it was a pretty robust response <laughs> that yes. I sent to you. You know, just, just making sure that that you you knew exactly how I felt about it. Yeah, but no, but you know, now I'm I'm glad because it, it made me realize that you know, look, everybody's got their thoughts and everybody's got opinions on this matter. But you know, you are somebody who I don't know for the better part of what 14 years you've been blogging and and uh, really focused at a, at a level that I haven't been at on, on the issues that we're dealing with today. And so, um, you know, I, I, in retrospect, I'm grateful that you, you know, shot that back and, and you and I, you know, we, we have, we're, we're from two different places and, uh, uh, two different thoughts, but man, we, you know, we come together and we have discussions and I think that's what we're doing here. 
Um, and what, what I found is that we agree a whole heck of a lot more than we've ever disagreed. So, um, yeah. And, and, and one thing that, that, that started and it started there and probably even a little bit before you, you were sharing emails is I've really been looking at statements that have been released and, you know, there, there's, there's frustrations, uh, for me when, when folks are, are releasing statements, Number one, I, I think it's, it's it's okay if people want to try to make a, a, a statement related to the death of, of George Floyd, um, but you know how the, and we're a PR firm, and so we you know I'm I'm really looking specifically how individuals are releasing their statements and how brands are releasing statements, and you know there are some and we've talked about some. I mean, one statement that I I tweeted and, and shared on my Twitter feed was a statement by uh, former President George W. Bush. Uh, the, the statement that he made about what he and his wife, um, former first lady, Laura Bush, felt about the death of George Floyd and the injustices that African-Americans have faced. And, you know, one thing specifically that jumped out at me in his statement is that he listed Frederick Douglass and Harriet Tubman and Abraham Lincoln and Martin Luther King uh, and called them heroes of unity, you know, and it, it, his was a long statement. Uh, every statement doesn't have to be as long and thought out because this is a very long, thoughtful and spot on statement. But, you know, it, every statement doesn't have to be like that. But that's been something I know that you and I have been talking about and our colleagues have been talking about and some of our clients have even been wrestling with. Yeah, it was funny because you sent me your robust reply. And then, you know, several hours later, you reply again with, I think we should I think we should discuss the George W. Bush response. And I'm like, Man, <laughs> I am definitely in listening mode now. So, and it's funny because in the first paragraph of, of uh, President Bush's and Mrs. Bush, the former SMU great that she is, uh, in their letter, uh, you know, it says, uh, we've resisted the urge to speak out because this is not the time for us. You know, a former president of the United States and a former first lady, it's not time for us to lecture. It's time for us to listen. So as a as I consider myself, you know, I've cut from this cloth and work for a lot of folks and have a lot of friends that are Bush people, and so um, I'm going to listen to this guy and this uh, fantastic former first lady and listen. Well, you know, w- one one person that I want us to listen to is our our upcoming guest, uh, who is Bishop Omar Jawar, and I've worked with Bishop for a long time. We go way back to the Bilal Center in South Dallas for any of our listeners who may go back that far. And Bishop Omar is now leading a group. Uh, He founded an organization called um, Urban Specialists, and they work with uh, folks from the community to help them go back in the community to help solve some of the the conflicts and challenges that that we have. And not only that, but he's done a lot of work with a lot of uh, people who we would consider across the aisle or on different sides of the aisle on issues. And, uh, and I think that's another compelling piece of his work. So I'm really excited about the conversation we're about to have. Yeah. You know, I, I've, I've always heard of the work of, uh, Bishop Omar and I thought it was interesting, you know, we're going to get into a recent, uh, editorial that he and Brian hooks, uh, uh, wrote for the USA today, I believe it was Tuesday, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian Hooks, of course, the CEO of Stand Together, which is a which is a uh, founded by the by Charles Koch. So it's uh he's, he's an interesting guy. He kind of takes all comers and and uh, has has been doing it for a long time. So 
excited to jump into the interview today. Well, when we get back, uh, we are going to talk with Bishop Omar Jawar here on Deconstructing Dallas with our special series, Where Do We Go From Here? So hang with us through the break. We'll be right back. back deconstructing dallas ryan trimble sean williams sean i'm excited uh, to be joined today by our guest he of course bishop omar jawar founder of urban specialists headquartered right here in dallas texas bishop welcome to the show hey it is so wonderful to be on the show thank you guys for having me i'm really honored to be here now you are somebody who's been who's been doing it for a long time here in dallas um but for our listeners that, that aren't familiar with you and your work, tell us a little bit about your background, where you're from, and then share with us, if you will, a little bit about Urban Specialists. Well, you know, I'm from Dallas. I'm born and bred right here, man. Went to Jan Urban School and, you know, Hutch number one, number two. Yeah, people don't know what that means. But anyway, bottom line is I'm Dallas <laughs> bred, man. South Dallas is my stomping ground. And, uh, you know, we've been working in this area of violence reduction had a company called Vision Regeneration, but we've been working in this area for about 30 years. Uh, I was the first gang specialist hired by the state of Texas and other things. So I've been in that space of figuring out how do we bring peace uh, to our our nation through OGs, through individuals who have been, in my mind, the varsity team, the ones that carry that idea of, of violence and, and, and really just not violence, but, but carry the the underground citizenship that we need them to come above ground so they can be accounted for. So that's been the work that I've done around the nation. But Dallas has been where we had root. And uh, now we have urban specialists and OGU. And you can look at all of that stuff. If you go to Omar Jawa, J-A-H-W-A-R, com, and it'll link you to all the stuff that we're doing. So I'm just, you know, I'm a proud Dallasite. And, you know, Bishop, uh, you know, we, we, we wanted to jump this conversation off uh, regarding racism and get your thoughts. But, you know, the killing of George Floyd uh, really has has precipitated a lot of what we've seen recently. But I wanted to ask you personally, did you watch the, the, the video uh, of, of Amar Avery? Did you watch the video of the killing of George Floyd. And I'd be interested in your personal thoughts just on the feelings you got um, if you if you looked at that. Yeah, Sean, man, I watched both of those. And by the way, I know Sean too. Sean, Sean, I know Sean from Spirit Group. Don't even worry about that. Y'all don't know what that <laughs> is. But <laughs> look it up, you'll understand. That Sean is a multi, multi-talented individual. But Sean on the real, man, yeah, I saw it. And it was disgusting. It was suffocating. It reminded me of every horrible thing that we've thought about when we thought about America. See, a lot of people don't understand. When I saw this brother lifeless before his life was ending, saying they are going to kill me, that I can't breathe, that my body hurts, that my mom, I saw them hunt down Ahmad Aubrey like he was a deer, like he was game. 
I saw it, man. And, uh, you know, there's no words. There's no words, my brother, uh, because that you conjure up the spirits that you've been trying to exercise out of yourself for a long time. Some demons in us that we try to hide, but they still in there. You know, that demon that feels like that for some reason we are the ones that don't really belong in this um, melting pot, so-called, in America. And it, um, it reminds you of why you do the work. And then it, then it throws you back into systemic racism, throws you into individual uh, bigotry. It throws you into protectionist mode. Then you get into rage. So I was going through all those emotions like every person, you know, because uh, George Floyd looked like my big brother, like my uncle. You know, Ahmaud Aubrey looks like my son. Um, so it's no, you know, it's not a joke. It's not hashtag to me. It's real. And then my work is with George Floyd. That's who I work with. You know, I have hundreds of brothers who are that, that may have some uh, blemishes. God is not calling for perfect individuals. He's calling for folks who will stand up. So, and who have issues and all of that. So, so that was, so all of that, man, made me think, and I was, I was holding my breath, uh, hoping that this would end differently. And, but the spark that it set off was a righteous fire, even though even righteous fires have to be tamed because they can become destructive and violent. But, but it made me realize that we are, uh, that maybe this spark is what we need to really burn down some systemic biases that we've had to live through. Now, Bishop, I wanted to get back get back to a word that uh, kept popping up when I was getting ready for our interview today. It's something that really uh, struck stuck with me. You know, my my dad was was my little league coach. We we grew up. I was really blessed. He worked a couple jobs. My mom was always working. Sent us to good schools because the school in our neighborhood wasn't great. Um, but I played played little league with a bunch of kids that you know weren't weren't as lucky to go to a great school and and probably had some had some run in with gang activity and so i remember that my dad once said you know just remember you're not any better than these guys you uh you know you've just had opportunities you you just have opportunities to you know make your make yourself better and and uh you know educate yourself and so i really want you to take advantage um i just wanted to discuss that word with you because it keeps popping up and it seems like uh you know that that is that is part of your mission and your mantra is providing opportunities for people who may not have them or or you know may not be given because of past blemishes. Can you can you explain to us what that word means to you? Yeah, you know the idea of opportunity is is very um, appropriate, um, and for me it means two things. It means the ability to operate at your fullest capability, your fullest capability, your what we call your comparative advantage. So whatever that is, being able to exploit that at its fullest level and then to have a way to provide a mutual beneficial connection. See, so many times we say we at our fullest, we, we operate at a full throttle but it's normally not to our benefit. So I'm gonna show you something. I used to tell gang leaders this when I would, uh, when I would, uh, you know, try to negotiate peace treaties. I would tell them, now watch this. I would say, man, people are studying you like you Bigfoot or the Loch Ness monster. You know, look how he walk, look how he talk. 
Look how they move, and they in their own habit, you know. <laughs> right. I said, people are studying you like you Bigfoot, man. And the those who are studying you, they are paid to study you. Those who lock you up are paid to lock you up. Those who arraign you are paid to be lawyers. Those who sentence you paid for judges, and they paying for all their family to do all this stuff because of you. And the only one who does not, and then you getting shot and arrested being you. I would tell them the only one who does not value being you is you. You are a valuable commodity with a market advantage, but you don't understand the market. So even though you are operating at your fullest bloom in a vacuum, I can plant you in an, in an orchid. I can plant you in a way that your beauty will go into full bloom. And uh, and these guys would say, man, how, how can you do that? And that's how we would start these kinds of conversation about having mutual beneficial opportunity because it does nothing for the human spirit to say, I'm only a dispenser and I can't get poured back into. So you start choosing flawed methodology to pour back into yourself. And that's when you get this kind of uh, uh, egregious hidden uh, rays that erupts when you have these kinds of sparks that we have it now. Bishop, you know, you and I, as you alluded to, we, we've done a lot of work in Dallas for many years. And I think the other day when we were together, we said we we're going to stop counting the years because it's just adding up to be too many. Uh, but I wanted, <laughs> right. I wanted to, to get your thoughts on the protests we've seen here in Dallas and, and also how you feel like law enforcement has responded to those protests. You know, there, there, well, I was just on the call earlier about the Dallas Police Department, and, I, and I'm gonna tell you, just personally, I'm a, I'm a fan of Chief Hall. I think she's a great sister. I'm hoping, I'm pulling that she does right. But but everybody, Chief, me, all of us who are in positions, whatever the position it has, be held accountable. And uh, I think she is. But you, you got to do that now. As far as let me say something about the protest. I believe that there is no greater right in America than this free expression. They should be protesting. We should have intermingled protests. It shouldn't be, well, this is where all of the calm people are, but this is where all of the right. It should be a mixture of protests because that's important so that we can state the facts. You know, activists are important to our development. Now, so so I think that's good. Now, those who are looting and all that, man, let, let, let me say this too, Shane. You know this piece. See, man, when you have a person, say, say if a mother just found out that their son was killed, uh, and she's screaming and hollering and all, and I've been through that many times, the most insensitive thing to do is to say, hey, ma'am, can you, can you keep it down a little mm -hmm. bit? Right. You know, you can't, you can't say that. So the rage is coming from a real place. Now, those who are looting and this, you can easily pick them off and say, hey, bro, you use this as an opportunity. So I don't let them define the real rage. So that's one. Now, with the police, I think that the police, because I've been at several of the protests, protesting, I was out there with the protests, um, they were not um, those who I encountered, both black and white, were not unreasonable. They were not uh, irresponsible. I think that there are just like in the protest, there are some looters. I think there are some individuals inside of DPD that would love to use as an opportunity to, to handle the aggression. But those persons can be targeted and removed because for the most part, 
they have been trying to operate in a certain sense of uh, calmness. It's just I think some of them are underdeveloped, too. So they don't know what to do. This is Deconstructing Dallas, Sean Williams, Ryan Trimble. I am, uh, and we are with Bishop Omar Jawar from Urban Specialist. When we come back, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about an article, a column that Bishop Omar wrote in the USA Today with Brian Hooks. Uh, so hang with us after the break. We'll be right back. This is Deconstructing Dallas. Welcome back. Deconstructing Dallas, Sean Williams, Ryan Trimble. We are with Bishop Omar Jawar, founder of Urban Specialist, which is headquartered here in Dallas. Uh, Bishop, you recently co-wrote a, a piece in the USA Today with Brian Hooks. He's the CEO of Stand Together, and that is a philanthropic community that's founded by Charles Koch. You know, now I know it's going to be some people who probably just stopped the recording and, and jumped out just because we talked about Mr. Coke and might be through <laughs> with us. But but yet you have been able to find common ground to work with conservatives on common issues. So can you tell me, I just want to first know about this partnership and other partnerships you've had with some some conservatives. Yeah, man, you know, we, we have found that when we when we really try to look for mutual beneficial ideas, we can have polarized views of our political landscape, but there could be two or three things that we that we agree on. And see, I've been in a I've been in a world where negotiation and finding common ground is necessary. See, when you say you're dealing with gang members and all that, I've had to meet with the Aryan Brotherhood, the Mexican Mafia, the Latin Kings, the folks, the People Nation, the Black Gorilla Family, the Crips, the Bloods. Uh, you know, I've had to do it. So for me. It has never been about, you know, a side that that I could not say, this is what we have to do. And are you willing to do that? And am I willing to do it? So with, with conservative groups, uh, I've had some great connections, just like I've had with some very liberal groups. Uh, but Charles Koch is a friend. I want to be very honest. Not just a colleague. We are friends. Charles Chase, Elizabeth Liz. And we've had some real serious discussions about things we disagree on. But what he says is, oh, my, I will partner with anyone to do good and no one to do evil. And, you know, his 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 North Star is the ideas of Frederick Douglass and stuff like that. And so when we have some disagreements on states, this and blah, 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 we can say it and it's, and it's real. But we agree fiercely on this, that there should not be marginalized citizenship for black folk. That's wrong. There should not be generational poverty. That's wrong. Violence should not be the language of our communities. That's wrong. And there are ways to unleash the potential of those who have been trapped too long. See, those kinds of things we agree on without any question, and that's where we land. And so we were able to find common ground with him, Paul Ryan, and other people. But, you know, uh, if, you know, I, I find that same kind of common ground with, uh, Ed Bernice Johnson and Mel Ron Kirk and other folks. So it, it doesn't matter to me. 
uh, who, who, because I'm going to be had it regardless. So, because I believe in the power of those, uh, OGs and other things that the cultural challenges that we have. But this article, uh, was a piece of the mind of Brian Hooks, who is a brilliant guy. He's the CEO. Uh, he's the strategist of the whole standing together philanthropic community and myself because we found that there were ways that we could talk about these very powerful issues about race and we could we could stand on that you know in the hood you say you stand on your square we could stand on that square together and be serious yeah bishop it's good to know that uh you know you and others uh are, are putting aside you know political differences to really dig in and, and dive into this discussion i think it's what needs to happen in our country and you know you kind of dive into this uh in the in the penultimate paragraph of your of your editorial and you, you pose the question can we live with the social institutions that don't live up to our ideals so would you say that you are in in your conversations with mr coke and and your colleagues on you know all the spectrums of the, all parts of the political spectrum what what ideals should we be striving for? What are we striving for? And, and are we going to be able to find some common ground on these ideals? You know, uh, well, that's a good question. Because, man, that that is such a... Let, let, let me say this, because I don't get too emotional. Because I want, I, want, I want to show you something. If there's a video in South Carolina where the police were going towards the protesters, Protesters going toward the police, very real moment. Everybody's, you know, high intense. And the police got on their knees. And then the protesters got on their knees. And they ended up hugging and crying and talking because I know that was a stressor. That was a stress test, man. Uh, and then that's very anecdotal. That's very spontaneous. But I think it speaks to there is common ground even when there's an uncommon challenge. So I know that dealing with uh, Stand Together Community, which does great work throughout the nation, dealing with the Coke Network that has the business acumen to change society through business and through the opportunity, there is a way for us to really, really uh, forge real strides that will make us say, okay, we put in the work and here and here are the results. So, Bishop, referring back to the article again, and, and we'll make sure to put put notes uh, in our show notes. We'll put links to the article. But uh, you and Mr. Hook say that changing laws while necessary is woefully inefficient. And you say that justice is written on the hearts of human beings and that without change of heart, a law can only do so much. So I, w- I want to know what what. Get, get your thoughts on this change of heart that you feel like people need to have, because I know the work that you've done specifically in criminal justice reform and trying to get different laws and on the books. So talk about the change of heart portion. Yeah. You know, Sean, that's just, yeah, you, you, you got it. That's, that's the, that's the linchpin of our whole deal is that laws can only do so, so much. And I'm going to tell you, man, the only way you change your heart, the only way our heart is truly transformed because one of our guiding principles is transformation. We truly believe that folks can be transformed. But the only way you do that is you have to get close enough to the individual that you are trying to serve or be served by so that you guys can exchange vulnerability. See, you can, I can really, really, really say, boy, I don't like Sean. 
until I realized you have a pilot's license and the plane is going down and you and you and you my last hope. It's different. I said, boy, I, I'm putting for Sean, you know. <laughs> right, right. See, mutual vulnerability starts exchanging heart. You know, some people don't understand that, you know, you and your wife or your girlfriend or, who, or your whomever don't share the same blood, but y'all share mutual vulnerability that makes you even closer to that person than the person that shares your blood, your mother, your father. So, that's how you start saying, this is how we change the whole. We got to get close enough to each other to where it, it's, uh, it's a natural next step. Well, Bishop, it's certainly a pleasure to have you on the show. You know, I, I'm looking forward to uh, staying in touch and getting involved and, and being a part of the conversation myself. If our listeners wanted to follow you, I know you mentioned it in the open. Uh, if our listeners want to follow you or get involved with your organizations, uh, where can we find you? Well, you can first thank you guys for having me on. It's been great. Enjoyed, enjoyed it. Thank you. Uh, but they can follow me on Omar Jawa, O-M-A-R-J-A-H-W-A-R, OmarJawa.com. Go on all of the social media platforms. We're on there, Bishop Omar, uh, Bishop Omar Jawa. Um, and, uh, they can also, you know, our urban specialist stuff, OG movement, just connect through our portals through omarjawa.com. You'll get to all of that other, uh, all those other initiatives that we have because we got a few that's in the hopper that we're very, very, very excited about. Well, you know, we appreciate you. And I know, um, you know, we're going to be working together some more soon. So I just want to, you know, let you know how much we appreciate you. Thank you, sir. And I appreciate you and keep going, keep doing what you're doing. Y'all just, you know, you don't know how a calm voice and a reassuring voice in this time is critical. So just please don't think the work is in vain, but thank you. Bishop, thank you again for coming on the show. Deconstructing Dallas, Ryan Trimble, Sean Williams, going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Deconstructing Dallas, Ryan Trimble, Sean Williams. Sean, really enjoyed that conversation with Bishop Omar. That was, that was, that was fun. That's, that's somebody who is, uh, uh, you know, really digging in uh, to this issue. And you know, we need leaders like this guy uh, who will take all comers and hear all sides and, and hopefully help move the ball forward. Yeah, we've, We've I've been talking a lot lately to to my friends and, and people who are interested in, in making sure that we keep moving forward. And it's like this is a marathon. It's not a sprint. And there are a lot of folks who are sprinting right now. And Bishop Omar has been in the marathon for a long time. And I know he's he's not going anywhere. And I, I appreciate the work he's done and appreciate the, the partnership. Well, I am uh, excited, looking forward to the next guest uh, that we have coming up for this series. Uh, Sean, I know you're excited as well. Hopefully we don't all get sterminated. 
Yeah, I am a, a P1 for the ticket and have been for a long, long time. And so, you know, I was going through Twitter and Bob Sturm is, is, has been active on Twitter for a long time. But um, today, um, specifically, I started getting his tweets and, and retweets and people tweeting at him. And one thing about Bob is he engages and people are engaging him because he's been giving his thoughts on what's been going on after the death of George Floyd, um, what's been going on related to protests. And he's had conversations on race via Twitter. And so Bob has agreed to join us and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm excited. I listened to those guys for a long time myself. And so um, it'll be good. I'm sure we'll get, get a Cowboys note or two thrown in as well. So uh, I really appreciate him uh, coming on and being part of the series. So uh, thank you, Sean, again, and, and, and great work. Well, we want to thank Bishop Omar Jawar for joining us on this podcast. As always, we want to thank our bosses, our owners, Mary Woodleaf and Jennifer Pascal. We want to thank our entire Allen Media team for the uh, work that they're doing on this podcast and on this series. And we want to thank MZ Studios and Michael Zavala for um, our, our sound design and sound engineering. We want you to share this podcast on all of your podcasts and platforms. It's on Apple Podcasts. It's on YouTube. It's on Spotify. Uh, it's on Stitcher. So please, you know, leave us a comment. Let us know what you think. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean P. Williams, S-H-A-W-N-P is in Patrick Williams. He's Tremble 15 on t- Twitter, Tremble 15 uh, Again, this is a series that we've got going uh, discussing racism in America. Where do we go from here as part of our overall podcast, Deconstructing Dallas. So continue to stick with us, continue to share and continue to listen. All right. This is Deconstructing Dallas. Sean Williams, Ryan Trimble. Adios. Adios.